You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back to this Friday episode of the Bruce Exclusive. Friday, unlike most Fridays, because the Bills have an opportunity before the next time we talk to go to eight and two and assert their dominance over not just the AFC East. But the AFC in general, at the time of this recording, the Tennessee Titans and Indianapolis Colts are in the process of battling right now on Thursday night football. So I do not know the results of that game quite yet, but it will have AFC implications as well. We are reaching the point of the season where stay tuned to buffalorumblings.com historically they have put up on the site here's who you should be rooting for every week as you get closer to the two-thirds and three-quarters of the way through the year mark and that's always fun it's fun for the bills because if you were way out of the playoffs then you're rooting for people to win who are bad so you can get a better draft pick And that's not nearly as fun as the conversation that we are having. Speaking of fun conversations, we are going to get into your almighty takes and then we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and do crumbling the cookies because that's what we do on Fridays. As a reminder, you can send me your almighty takes to my email. I am Bruce almighty at yahoo.com. I got a lot more via email this week because I said last week that I prefer them to come via email and you all responded because that's what you do because I have the best listeners. So thank you for that. You can email me. I am Bruce almighty at yahoo.com with your almighty takes. If you want to hit me on Twitter, you can hit me on Twitter with a hashtag almighty take or DM me as well. Also, you can DM me on Instagram, but we're going to do almighty takes. But before we do that, speaking of responsive listeners, Thank you all so much for taking the time a couple weeks ago after I asked you to rate and review the podcast and doing that. I have read every single one of your reviews. Uh, They mean a great deal to me. So thank you very much for doing that. It is always odd 
to try to strike a balance between this is my show. I do what I want. And I want to make sure that the listeners are enjoying it. I feel like you probably have been listening to the show long enough now. I have a long-term listener base where they kind of know how we do things. They know what to expect from me. They know what they can get. Maybe I have a little bit of more leeway than maybe somebody who was brand new and you guys are going to kind of forgive me my flaws and my failures. So I really appreciate that. And I, I really appreciate the fact that it means something to you. I get emails from people telling me how much they enjoy the show and I read the reviews and it, it does, it does fill up my cup when I see that. Sometimes, you know, you work really hard on it. You watch a lot of film, you take a lot of notes, it kind of drains you. And then you read something like that and it just, it fills you back up again. So thank you very much. It means quite a bit to me. So we are going to get into your almighty takes and we're going to start with patch. His hashtag almighty take is the offensive identity for this team is inspector gadget. They all have the tools needed to win. Each of their skill players can make plays to win games. Inspector gadget is Josh Allen. Penny is Brian Dable and the brain is Sean McDermott. I was not expecting to have to tackle an inspector gadget metaphor on this podcast, but I am here for it. So if that's the case is Bill Belichick, Dr. Claw and the cat that he's petting on his, what was that cat? I can't remember that cat's name, but the cat that he's petting on his lap all the time where he goes, I'll get you gadget next time. Side note, I kind of feel like Dr. Claw sounds like the Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. Or at least my impression of Dr. Claw sounds like the Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. Didn't really put that together until right now. But I guess Bill Belichick is probably Dr. Claw in this scenario. So I agree with you. I agree that they have what they need to win games on the offensive side. I don't think I look at this offense and say, well, what we really need to take this to the next level is this. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to turn down things. And there's going to be needs in the offseason on the offensive side of the ball. Specifically, we got to look at the offensive line. John Feliciano and Darrell Williams are both scheduled to be free agents. And when you consider the fact that Matt Milano is scheduled to be a free agent, Josh Norman is scheduled to be a free agent, you're going to have some issues making sure that you sign everybody. And with the cap space being what it is at $175 million projected cap space, you know, it, it's, not, it's not a scenario where the Bills are going to have a lot of money under that cap line I just mentioned to make a lot of moves. So I'm not saying that I would not like to see a dynamic tight end added to this offense or a home run threat at the running back position or things like that. I'm not saying that there's no value there. I'm just saying I agree with the take that they have all the tools needed to win offensively with this team right now. So this is highly probable. Michael, says his almighty take for the week and onward is that the Bills will only go as far as opposing defenses allow them. If they bring pressure with man-to-man like Seattle, Allen will carve them up. If they play soft zone like other recent teams, those games will be a toss-up. I think that that is highly probable right now. Just like last year, it was highly probable when people played man and brought pressure against Josh Allen, he was going to struggle. So I think it's highly probable right now. My my dispute is the onward part of the almighty take. It's because I don't know how long it's going to take Josh Allen to figure this one out. But he's tackled the previous challenges that he's faced. So the next game he sees it, 
he could carve it up and we could be like, okay, well, he's figured that out too. Or it could take him two more games. So I'm going to say somewhat probable because I don't know how long the onward part of your take is going to last before Josh Allen figures this out. He could figure it out next game or he could never figure it out. You don't know. Leston Harris says his almighty take for the Cardinals is that AJ Klein returns to normal. This was a one-off feeling secure in that claim. I'll parlay it by saying that this week was a turning point, not for our offense, but for our defense. They won't return to a top three form of last season, but they galvanize on Sunday and will carry the improvements through to the playoffs. Turnover rate isn't sustainable, quoting me, but the team play and ability to break up the offensive game plan sticks. I say this is highly probable. I said on yesterday's podcast that I don't think AJ Klein was actually markedly better against the Seahawks. He was put in good positions from a schematic standpoint to be able to run directly at the quarterback, which is good. And he didn't trip on his way there, which is good. But as far as watching AJ Klein actually do linebacker things, I didn't see anything from that game film that indicated to me that all of a sudden AJ Klein is going to be a playmaker and a force to be reckoned with on this defense. Patton says his almighty take Jordan Phillips will log at least one sack against Josh Allen. In addition, the game is won or lost on a field goal. I'm going to go somewhat improbable on this one because I'm not entirely sure if Jordan Phillips is going to play right now because he did show up on the injury report and he's only got two sacks this season. So improbably for a sack for Jordan Phillips. In addition, the game one lost by field goal. That's not crazy at all, but my experience has been that the higher scoring the game is, the less probability it is that the game will be won and lost on a field goal because you have a bigger, bigger swings back and forth from the scoring. So I'm going to go somewhat improbable on this one. David says, we need to shout out Coach McDermott for taking the time out before third down on Seattle's first drive. He understood the need to get a stop and allowed time to draw up the perfect defense and we forced the three and out to get the team going. Sean McDermott's timeout usage has been markedly better this year. He will take the defensive strategy timeouts, which is when you are on defense and you know it's end of half or end of game and you know that you're not going to need them on offense. So what you do is in a critical situation for the offense, you take the timeout after you see how the play lines up so that you force the offense into their second favorite play in that position and out of their first favorite play in that position. So, Coach McDermott has been much, much better with his timeouts. One of the evolving parts of Coach McDermott's game, I guess, as you would say. And I think that a lot of that is owed to the fact that he saw that as a weakness for himself and hired a game day management coach. Luke says, hi, Bruce. I love your podcast and I always visit your Twitter to see when you have new content and get your thoughts on the NFL, both Bills and non-Bills news. I appreciate that, Luke. Thank you. My almighty take for this Cardinals game is that we will continue to see the Bills roll. This Cardinals team likes to pass and can be passed on, as evidenced by the Miami and Seattle games. While the defense might give up a lot of points again, I feel like they are at their best when our athletes get to rush the passer and swarm to the ball once it leaves the pocket. I don't see how Allen gets slowed down by weather either. Yes, I agree. Weather will not be an issue in this game, and I am I'm happy for that. In addition, we're going to talk about it later on, but the Cardinals... They run a lot of cover one, the fifth most in the NFL. And if that trend continues, 
we might see a very similar Bills offense to what we saw weeks one through four and we saw last week against Seattle. Now that I've seen the Bills beat the Rams, now that I've seen the Bills beat the Raiders, now that I've seen the Bills beat the Seahawks, my expectation is for the Bills to beat the Cardinals because those are similar types of games and the Bills have shown they can win those types of games. They need to come out and win this game, go eight and two into the bye and have everybody feeling pretty good about this team moving forward. Luke jumped the gun and deemed this as a highly probable take. I am going to agree with you, Luke. I think it's a highly probable take as well. Shout out also to all of my listeners from the ATL. Chris had a lot of takes and he's also from Scotland. So I seem to have had a a Scottish group of people who really like to listen to this podcast. So big shout out to the listeners from Scotland who listen to the Bruce exclusive. Y'all are my people. So first off, Chris says, love the podcast. Your football philosophy and Bill's insights are the best way I found to stay connected to the Bills from over here in Bonnie, Scotland, other than watching the actual games, of course. Thank you. Inspired by Pete's almighty take from last week, I thought I would try to keep up the Scottish Bills Mafia representation with a few almighty takes of my own. Feel free to treat these separately. Just pick out the ones you like or parlay them into one big take. I liked all of them, so I'm going to read all of them. Defense. The Bills' defense will allow fewer total yards and fewer points than they did against Seattle, but they'll also get fewer turnovers, make more mistakes and missed tackles, and generally not look as impressive. This will lead to renewed criticism from fans and media alike, regardless of the final score. I'm saying that's somewhat probable. Turnovers have been known to be somewhat random, specifically fumbles. So getting less than four turnovers, I think, is highly likely. So I'm going to say this is somewhat probable overall. Offense, Josh Allen will take advantage of having a fully healthy receiver core and playing in a dome to throw for over 300 yards, a completion percentage above 70 and three touchdowns. This will include his longest touchdown pass of the season. I like that last part. This will include his longest touchdown pass of the season. If the Cardinals play the way the Cardinals have been playing, the vertical game will be open. The vertical game can happen. If Josh Allen connects on it, he had Stefan Diggs a couple times and missed him against Seattle. He hit those against Miami. One of the reasons why the Miami game was a better Josh Allen game than the Seattle game. I think that this is somewhat probable. Special teams, not willing to bet on who will win this one. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. But I think it will be nip and tuck all the way with one team winning by three points or fewer and the losing team missing by at least one field goal. So you're thinking maybe field goal game too, just like the previous viewer. Guys are aligned mentally. I am going to say somewhat improbable. I think this will be a one-score game, but I think it'll be one touchdown. Salute to you, Chris, and thank you for the almighty takes. Will says, what's up, Bruce? And he puts Bruce in quotations. I absolutely love when people do that. (laughs) I think it's so funny when people put Bruce in quotation marks. They're like, Bruce, if that is your real name. Spoiler alert, uh, Bruce may or may not actually be my real name. It could be a double reverse, reverse of the reverse psychology. My real name actually is Bruce, but I'll never tell. Not so much an almighty take as much as a thought, but thinking that the Darren Lee signing is as much for athletic linebacker depth as it is for insight into the Chiefs, how to slow down Mahomes, some of his weaknesses, and how they prepare to stop some of AFC's top teams. I'm sure he has a good bit of knowledge and can help them hopefully on the field and in the film room. I think that... Given the way Andy Reid game plans and how much is new year to year with Andy Reid, 
I'm not entirely sure that Darren Lee is going to be a ton of help. Specifically because Darren Lee was not a huge part of the Chiefs defense. And he wasn't really ever a good fit in that defense to begin with. I actually thought he'd be a better fit, ironically enough, in Spagnolo's defense now that they have him. But it didn't quite happen the way that I thought it was going to happen for Darren Lee. And I think that really what it boils down to for the Bills is that Darren Lee may or may not just be a more athletic Voshan Joseph. I mentioned this when they signed him, but that pursuit style linebacker who struggles instinctually, that's kind of the MO for Voshan Joseph. It's kind of the MO for Darren Lee. And they're thinking, well, you know, listen, we weren't able to kind of coach that one up to the point where we feel comfortable. Voshan Joseph is still on the street right now, not being picked up by an NFL team. Maybe we can get in Darren Lee what we thought we were going to get in Voshan Joseph. Maybe that's what we can do. So I'm not sure how much help Darren Lee is going to be in that regards, specifically because the Chiefs and Andy Reid change a lot of things year over year. And so by the time the Bills actually get around to the Chiefs, a lot of stuff is going to be different than it was. Jesse says, Bruce, exclamation point. The Bills rumble into Arizona as Josh Allen's stock soars in the national media after outdueling MVP frontrunner Russell Wilson and the high-flying Seattle Seahawks. Meanwhile, Arizona attempts to rebound from a deflating loss to the Bills' underrated rival, the Miami Dolphins. Jesse, do you write? I feel like you should write. I definitely feel like you should write. The team's opposite recent fortunes tilt pregame sentiments toward Buffalo, but I'm not convinced that one solid defensive outing cures all that ailed Buffalo for the first eight weeks of the season. I fear that the Bills will narrowly lose a shootout in which Kyler Murray uses his elite speed and quickness to break containment for long scrambles, just like the significantly less athletic Tannehill did. I envision gaping passing windows in the middle of our zone defense as our linebackers react to Murray and the Cardinals' talented wide receivers stretching the secondary. At full strength, after gaining more confidence from a series of positive defensive performances, we're the better team. However, Given the aforementioned circumstances and our cross-country jet lag, I see us falling just short this week. The words full strength have a asterisk by them, and the asterisk says injuries will be a huge factor. If Trey White's out, this could get pretty ugly. Conversely, if Trey White plays and they're without three cornerbacks again, we will have tremendous advantage. I'm basing my takes on a middle-of-the-road scenario. I do think that the Bills need to beat the Arizona Cardinals. I think they can. I think they should. I think they're a better team than the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're better coached. I do agree that Kyler Murray is a problem, but Kyler Murray is one of the only real problems on that team, aside from DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker. Those three players are the entirety of the things I'm concerned about on this team. Well, Bruce, why didn't you say Patrick Peterson? Patrick Peterson isn't what he was. The Cardinals have three very, very, very dynamic players who absolutely need to be accounted for on all snaps. But I'm not staying up late at night worried about a ton of people on that team aside from the Cardinals. This is not me getting cocky because the Bills beat the Seattle Seahawks. The Bills are a more talented team. They need to win this game. I think they get the job done. So I'm going to say this is highly improbable. Allen says... An overconfident Bills team will t- take the field and look like a train wreck. So far, not not, Greg, not going great, Alan. Not great, Bob. In the second half, the process will take over, but it will not be enough to pull off the fourth quarter win. Alan, the Prince of Plumbing, says that to me. 
First off, I need to know how one goes about getting a title like the Prince of Plumbing. And if so, can I please get a title as well? Bruce the what? Bruce the something or other, some like Khaleesi level title from Game of Thrones. I feel like I need it. Okay. Second off, I'm going to say highly improbable because I think the Bills are going to and should win this game. Matthew. Hey, Bruce. Love the show and it's one of the high points of my week. Thank you so much, Matthew. It's one of the high points of my week hearing that you enjoy it. Here's my almighty take for Arizona. I think we do a good job of cutting off their passing game, but get gashed in the ground on the run and we'll have a tough time stopping Kyler Murray on the ground as well. On the other side of the ball, I think we have a 300-plus yard passing day with Arizona unable to stop our receivers now that John Brown is healthy again. The game will be close, and I think it'll come down to the last drive. Go Bills. Thanks for the work you do, Matt. Matthew, I agree with a big portion of what you said. I think that there is a part of me that says that the, the Cardinals will get stuff going on the ground, but it won't necessarily be from the running backs. It'll be from Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a freaky level athlete, like Lamar Jackson freaky level athlete, like a step above Allen and Tannehill and really good athletic quarterbacks that are in this league. Carson Wentz is one of them. And Kyler Murray is a freaky athlete and he's so agile and he's so quick and it's really, really, really problematic for a defense. I don't see how you completely stop him. I think you just do your best to rein him in. So I think this is somewhat probable. Jeremy says, Bruce, let me start off by saying to Bill's Mafia, please do not throw rotten fruit at my house for this take. However, I believe DeAndre Hopkins will go over 100 yards and catch at least one pass over 25 yards with Trey White covering him. I base this on several factors. First, Trey has played very well this year, but not at the all-pro level from a year ago. Two, he likely will not be 100% physically on Sunday, assuming he plays. Three, he struggled a bit against DK Metcalf last week versus a QB who can play outside the pocket and extend plays, thus increasing the time needed to cover a wide receiver. That's exactly what happened last year versus Houston when Hopkins had a good game versus Trey. He probably would have done even better had Deshaun Watson not gotten sacked seven times. We will not sack Kyler Murray, another quarterback who can extend plays, seven times. I love Trey, and I hope I am disastrously wrong about this take. I think Trey White will do better than you think he'll do against DeAndre Hopkins. One of the things that concerns me most about Trey White is long speed. And DeAndre Hopkins is a good player. He's a very good player. But the concern for me about DK Metcalf was the speed. And we saw that vertically against Trey White. And I'm not as concerned about DeAndre Hopkins. He's never been a pure speed receiver. He's a great receiver and he's a good route runner. But getting big catches, getting huge chunks, 25, 35, 45 yard catches is a lot about vertical speed and being able to stack defenders and then use your size to shield the corner and stack them and get on top of them that way. So I think he'll do better against DeAndre Hopkins than you think he will. So I think DeAndre Hopkins is still going to get his because he's an elite receiver and that's what he does. But I'm not willing to say a hundred yard game. Guys, that's it for the Almighty Takes. We are going to take a quick break. We are going to come back, and then we are going to go through how to crumble the cookies of the Arizona Cardinals. Stick with me. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back to the second segment where we crumble the cookies, and we're going to dive right in. Every week, we talk about a couple different specific strategy items that we think will help crumble the cookies of the Bills opponent for this week, which is the Arizona Cardinals. The first thing that we're going to talk about is that Kyler Murray is not Russell Wilson. He's a matador. Shorter quarterbacks with live arms and great athleticism. Okay, great. That phrase could be used to describe both Seahawks Super Bowl champion quarterback Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. But do not be mistaken. The method by which you attack each quarterback cannot and should not be the same. Kyler Murray is a matador. Earlier this week, Joe Marino, Locked On Bills, Draft Network, used the phrase, introduces and invites chaos. Ironically enough, the first time I ever heard this phrase used to describe a quarterback was one of my late round draft quarterback crushes, Anthony Gordon from Washington State. And Joe Marino and I were having a chat about him and he said he invites chaos. And that's what he said about Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray does invite chaos. He's a matador. He wants the defense to come directly at him so space can be opened up for him to do damage. He wants the bull to come right at him so that he can duck deftly to the side and do damage. Blitzing Kyler Murray did not go well for the Panthers and it didn't go well for the Dolphins. Luckily, the Panthers only did it five times and they were able to minimize the impact by keeping the blitzing to a minimum. Although, Murray's effectiveness suffers under pressure more so than most quarterbacks. Trying to achieve it through blitzing is not the way. He'll escape from an empty rusher, and then there will be clear and open space in front of him, and that's where Kyler Murray can do damage to you. Stay disciplined. Don't blitz A.J. Klein 17 times. Gap discipline. No crazy games and stumps up front. Rush four. Rush three if you must. Do not Give Kyler Murray more space down the field to work with. Force him to make plays within the structure of the offense down the field against coverage. Second thing, the Cardinals might end up doing the thing that I specifically have been telling people not to do against Josh Allen, which is run cover zero, cover one, single high, man coverage, whatever you want to talk about it. However you want to word that. Heavily Dosed man coverages. Cardinals run cover one 45.4% of the time, which is fifth most in the NFL. They ask their cornerbacks to play man with a single high safety as a backup more than any team in the NFL, save four. 
Is there a chance that Arizona diverts from those tendencies against Buffalo? Sure, that's possible. But they have not shown any inclination to do that so far this year. And their defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, doesn't exactly have a history of leading highly rated defenses throughout his time in the league. If the Cardinals roll out what the Rams and the Raiders and the Seahawks rolled out, Josh Allen's going to light them up. So be prepared for them to do it. Don't overthink this. Have a plan in place in the event that they roll out soft zone coverage. And they're probably going to show it to you really early. If the Cardinals come out and the first and second drives of the game, they're playing cover one, then they're probably not going to magically divert into a soft zone later on in the game. They probably came in with that as the plan. So you know what? If that's the plan on the first two drives, so be it. I think it's a mistake for the Cardinals. I think Josh Allen and Brian Dable light you up like a Christmas tree. But that's their prerogative to do things that are bad for their health. Be ready for those things. Also, be ready for Buda Baker. Know where he is at all times. Have a plan for what Buda Baker brings. Say that five times fast. Buda Baker brings. He's going to be all over the field. Josh Allen can't take another seven sacks, ladies and gentlemen. Have a quick finger on the screen game, especially if they bring pressure with five, six men. You can break a big play open down the field with a wide receiver screen. Ladies and gentlemen, we've done it. We've crumbled the cookies. We've done the almighty takes. And in honor of Twitter user Bay Area Bills guy, that's the way the cookie rumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings.